What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, Tutorinos? Welcome back to Rank 'em All, the music review podcast where we rank and review a band's discographies up and down, all across, side to side, diagonal, any which way you want to go. Connect four. Pinstripe it all together. Guys, welcome back to the show. We are here again, coming at you this time with Van Halen, one of my uh, most anticipated discographies to go down through because I'm a Van Halen fan, but the thing is, I'm kind of admittedly one of the spotty fans. It's like, I know 1984 uh, and, <laughs> and, and I know some of the hits, but unfortunately that's where it goes. I haven't listened to a lot of these albums from front to end, especially during the Sammy Hagar era. So I'm looking forward to it. And I feel like this band really lends itself well to the project where we can really see which eras rank higher than others. Maybe there's a sleeper Hagar album that just destroys the David Lee Roth era, but we don't know. And we won't know until we get there. But of course I'm not alone. I got a couple of guys with me. Of course I'm Brando, one of the rank masters here on the show and also the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. My man, I'm glad to be back on the show on a new venture. You know, uh, as we're recording this, we just wrapped my Metallica, we're just starting Van Halen, but as people are watching this, there's probably been a quite a large gap. So, mm-hmm. uh, welcome to 2021. Whenever you are, I'm excited to be here, Brando. We are not alone, though. We brought help today, mm-hmm. and Dieterino, we did. Uh, today we're rocking a threesome. We decided to go uh, to limit it down a little bit for scheduling purposes, but you, the way I see it, you can have two people rank something. But it's more interesting when you got at least one or two more people with you. And today we got our third for the Van Halen saga. We got the one and only. He's been on uh, one of these network shows before. I think it was Journey to Wrestling many eons ago. So if you're a so if you're a diehard Journey into Comics network fan, you might remember this guy. He's also been on podcast a few few times. Joe Grimes, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? So Joe is a drummer. Nate is a drummer, and I am not. Uh, <laughs> So that's very interesting. Uh, yes. That's what I really liked it because um, I played in the band with Nate for probably six to seven years, uh, put together in there somewhere. Of course, he played a different instrument then, uh, plural instruments. I remember there was an era where we cycled off. We had different eras of sets where different we would cycle instruments. We'd have different guitar players and bass players, just, just depending on where we were in the set. Um but Joe has played drums for a lot of years. He's also a drum teacher at McGuire Music in Lafayette. Go check him out. Um, yeah. Quick little plug there. Anyway, guys, this is Appreciate Van Halen. <laughs> I'm excited to be here to talk about some Van Halen. Of course, yes. it's kind of like I kind of got into listening a little bit more Van Halen o- over the summer. And it was shortly after that that we lost Eddie. And it was like I I just got done. Like I, I, I just was in a mode. I was in a mood. For some reason, I, I, I was in a Van Halen mood, and and, mm-hmm. and I even listened to um, one of the Hagar albums, and just randomly, I'm like, I'm just going to listen to it. I've never really listened to Hagar stuff, and we were recording the Metallica rank, and I'm like, all right, this, I'm, I'm going to stop, because I feel like I'm going to want to rank these <laughs> at some point, and I was just in that mode, and so I, I said, Nate, would you want to do Van Halen? He said, absolutely, and then, well, Eddie died. 
And I'm like, well, now we have to. We, we have to cover Van Halen. We have to go down mm-hmm. the list. Because I feel like for him being such a prolific guitar player, one of the, man, last guitar heroes, if you will, you know, a last of a dying breed, uh, that we need to dive into some of these, like, B-sides, stuff I've never even heard of, and and check them out. And that's what we're going to do today. Of course, uh, the entire lineup uh, for the early era, I, I, I don't think there's too many former members of the band really are there there's uh from the get-go you got well you got eddie van halen on 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 lead guitar and and guitar and keyboards eventually you got alex van halen on drums you got michael anthony on bass and uh david lee roth on vocals and i'm pretty sure that was it until they got sammy (laughs) and then you know later on and then of course uh wolfgang would come in way later but guys the first album Van Halen, self-titled, came out February 10th. It's 1978. Long time ago. (laughs) In a galaxy far, far away. Uh, The album is, man, it's a short album. I was actually surprised by that. Were you guys? 35 whole minutes. Yes. Ridiculous. I couldn't believe how short that was. And there there were five singles from this album. Interesting. I think I can name all five of them. Well, well, maybe it's kind of interesting because you got to remember that back then they did singles a little bit differently. Um, you you release a single for the radio, but there was always a B side, right? And you know, for some bands, you'd you'd include one of the other songs from the album, or sometimes they sneak in a cover or they do this. But weirdly enough, I said Metallica was a glorified cover band. I can almost say the same thing for Van Halen. They're a yeah, glorified cover. Yeah, they're a glorified cover band, or at least in the early days, because like a lot of the early albums, they had covers on their on their albums, <laughs> and they have one here as well. Uh, I think there might be two on this album, if I'm not mistaken. Two? I thought it was just one. Is I think it's just the one. Okay. Yeah. So, did you guys know before we dive into the tracks here, who got them signed? Essentially, <laughs> quotes. No, I have no idea. So no, they were playing in LA, uh, probably at the whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I'm out, I, I just, I don't know for a fact, but I mean, I can assume they were just playing the whiskey and Gene Simmons was there. Huh. And, uh, he was impressed by him and he went to talk to him after the show. He's like, you guys are really good. Like, are you, are you signed to a label? And they said, no, he, goes, he was shocked by that. He goes, you guys, we're, we're going to get you signed. So he got him in touch with somebody, uh, with Warner Brothers or whoever it was at the time. Like that's who owns. Like it says the album was released by Warner Brothers, but I don't know if it was a subsect or Warner Brothers or whatever. But that's what got him, man. That's what got him signed was Gene Simmons, which is very interesting because Nate, yes sir, Dimebag Daryl has a tattoo on his chest. Of Ace Freely. Ace Freely is one of his guitar heroes. Eddie Van Halen was another one. Kiss helped make Eddie Van Halen. And both of them helped make Dimebag Daryl. I thought that was just Man. a little fun tidbit. Oh, that's cool. It's uh, it's just the path sprinkled. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so and wild how that happens. So. We're going to go down the list of songs, my friends. As we said, uh, uh, we already. Oh my God! Okay, I, I I just saw the name Ted Templeman. 
And for some reason, my brain instantly read it as Ted Nugent. I'm like, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> my bad. I'm like, that's not the wrong Ted. <laughs> wrong Ted. Wrong, wrong guy. <laughs> um, it, all tracks are written by Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, David Lee Roth, Michael Anthony, except we're noted. So, Nate, you might be right. There is a there is a cover. There there are two covers on this. Yes, you're right. Oh, I was wow. just looking that up to confirm that because, again, first time listening to the album last night, there was one other song, which was the first time I heard it. As soon as I heard it, I went, that's not theirs. I know it's not theirs because it just has this certain vibe about it. And, of course, the other song was one of their biggest hits. So, sure. yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of – I mean, I'm – I'm still not 100% though that the entire song is not Van Halen, by the way, the second cover. Well, more than likely, well, and, and we'll definitely talk about that as we go down, but we're going to start it off with the opening track. And the opening track was a single. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was the second single released from the album. The single was released on May, May 6th, 1978, and it was Running With The Devil. First Van Halen song, first album, running with the devil, siren horn in, thud of the bass. Boom. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. Then the little, like, instantly, instantly you get a taste that this band's a little bit different because a lot of people would think that's just like keys on a piano. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the upper part of the guitar where the strings are, are you know, before, like, I mean, it's like above the nut on the fret board. It's like, crink. Yeah. Instantly, you know, this is not your run-of-the-mill typical band. Eddie Van Halen literally speaks through his guitar. Like, he does noises. He's a great player, and he does a lot of <laughs> shit. But that's the <laughs> mo- that's the easiest thing that I can explain with Eddie. He makes his guitar speak. Yes. Absolutely. So, Running With The Devil... Song one, three minutes and 36 seconds. Guess what, guys? That's the second... No, okay. The third longest song on the album. Fourth. They're all about the same length. There's only one, they are. There's only one song that even teeters close to the four-minute mark, and that shocked me. Uh, Which one is that? That's the... Yeah, that's track four is the longest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yep. man, coming off of the Metallica sets, <laughs> where we're listening to the Justice album... <laughs> and it took a week to rank that sucker. <laughs> then coming to this, it, it is a different world. But man, no, running with the devil to me is—it's iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, this first album hits it off for the get-go. We talked about on the Metallica run. Man, they know how to start albums. They have a lot of songs. Even albums that may not be your favorite album has a really good song to kick that album off. Yeah, and they do it here too. Um, so, Nate, do you have anything to say about Running with the Devil? Okay, so Running with the Devil, first of all, introduces one of my favorite movies of all time, Little Nicky. Yeah, one, <laughs> one of the best scenes of all time. He's jamming out in his room, you know, just getting mm-hmm. into it and shit. Like, I absolutely love that. Uh, Running with the Devil also is musically very, very punchy and catchy, and gives you literally a little sprinkle of everything they are going to continue to do throughout their career really well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But also, it's one of those songs, man. You have to just crank that shit when it comes on. It's not, you don't just listen on like two and just like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to Running with the Devil. This is nice. Like, you have to feel it and really get into that and stuff like that. So, I really love this song. Um, it was really fun to go back and listen to something that's not Metallica or Eminem related recently because <laughs> I've been jamming a lot of that as well. But, uh, yeah, man, I really enjoyed running with the devil for 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 this uh, for this venture. So the movie that I remember the most running with the devil is this, is the movie Ready to Rumble. You guys remember that movie? It's that WCW yeah. wrestling I, movie. Yeah, I saw it like maybe once, twice. All right, maybe. so uh, I that it's a scene where the two main characters are trying to hitchhike to find Jimmy King. I think that's what they were doing. They, they were hitchhiking yep. somewhere, and they got they got in a van full of nuns. like the van full of nuns they got him to just sing running with the devil (laughs) anyways uh no nay i I completely agree with you like there and and we're gonna get there but there's tracks on here that scream to me other tracks from van halen i in fact even kind of confused me for a second when i was like humming along i'm like oh wait this is almost another song that's interesting. Uh, so- and that's, again, that's kind of the the, the MO of a lot of musicians mm-hmm. I think we're going to dive into with this. And you're, you, as you study music, you learn a lot of times. Artists find a certain trick or a style they like, and they find some way to always incorporate that style or trick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Joe, what did you think about Running with the Devil? Uh, I thought... You know, it, it's like what Nate was saying. My thing is it's just it's got that punch to it, that just that constant drive. There's nothing spectacular about it. You know what I mean? But it, yeah, it's just got that that straight punch to it. There, there's nothing so, all sophisticated about it. And, and my God, if you can, on a debut album, your first track, if halfway through the song, you can play a freaking siren whistle and still have a badass song. And I, like, that's pretty ballsy, but it works. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always one thing for me that's always stuck about that song is they put a damn siren whistle <laughs> in their song. But I'm like, dude, but it works. <laughs> it shouldn't, but it does. The thing with Van Halen is, especially during the Roth era, there's a level of silliness Yeah. in the music. It's not in every song, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And... That is here as well. You can also thank this song for 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 giving us Megadeth. This is the song that introduced Dave Mustaine and David Ellison because they were and living in the same apartment building. Dave was, wasn't Dave above. Yep. Yeah. Dan and Dave. Wait, they're both Dave, so I guess it doesn't matter. So but. Mustaine was living in the apartment above. He was hungover and sleeping. Uh, Ellison was down below playing bass to Running with the Devil, which is just thud, 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 <laughs> thud, thud. It cranked. He had it cranked. And Dave yells at him to shut the hell up. And he throws a, a flower pot onto the air conditioning unit <laughs> from down below. And he goes, man. He, so he went up there to say, I'm sorry. And something like that. Introduce himself. And he realized kind of who he was. Like, oh, he's a former Metallica player. And, and, and he's like, Dave's like, you got any beer? <laughs> so then Elson went down to the corner, got him a six pack of beer, and that's how he got introduced to Mustaine. <laughs> but it was running with the devil. No, no. I feel like to, you know, just to further your points, it's very basic, very simple. But, it is. But it is also, it, they, they do a lot with that simplicity. 
mm-hmm. um, for this. I gave it a 7.5. I felt like it teetered just a bit, a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I felt I felt pretty comfortable giving it that. How about you, Nate? I gave Running with the Devil a 7.75. We're right on the money, my man. Right there, almost same thoughts. How about you, Joe? Uh, eight. Eight, a little bit higher. See, I, I was teetering on the eight. I almost like wanted to give it an eight, but I'm like, ah, I don't know. And I, so I, I pulled it back just a little bit, little bit. I, I had 7.5. I'm not going to lie. I did have 7.5, but I, I kept going to that damn siren whistle. Just how funny, but like, it's like what you're talking about, that level of silliness, but like, you're not taking it seriously, but it's serious. It's, <laughs> you know, um, but no, yeah, I, I, I had to bump it up just that one half point. <laughs> so the next song is probably one of the most iconic guitar pieces mm-hmm. in music history. The, the 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 fact that it's the number two thing you ever hear on an album, and this was released on the same single as Running With The Devil. Isn't that kind of weird? It's yeah. Like, just one and two. Because, I don't know about you guys, Whenever I heard the song on the radio, it would always preceded the song after on this album. They always just played them together. Yes, that's the weird thing I thought. Like it, every time, every so, time it's eruption followed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's eruption instrumental, a minute and forty two seconds. It is. I, I there's there's nothing that I can say that probably no one else has ever been said. Like this is iconic. If you're aspiring to be a lead guitar player, you know this, or you've learned study. You study it. He uh, he pretty much um, invented finger tapping here, right? But like, there's some argument about that. He never claimed to invent it. People have said it for him. He's like, he's like, I don't know. I just made. I just did stuff. And <laughs> so, it, no eruption. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to say that is that can encapsulate that any more than what we already have. So I mean, it's it's kind of like what you were saying. Like if if obviously speaking from a music store standpoint, like I, I guarantee you anybody that's worked in a music store has lost count. How many people have tested out a guitar and they go in and try and play eruption, sweet child of mine, stairway to heaven, you know, like <laughs> those three, but you know, definitely eruption is one of those ones where you'll probably get sick of hearing of, but not get sick of hearing of, you know, like it's so weird because it's not even, a, it's just an instrumental piece. It, there's no other instrument. There's mm-hmm. no other like like you know uh, in Metallica anesthesia big long big long bass solo the drums kick in and they jam, this is just him. And he's playing, and he comes up with like this cool little like fast picking thing and mm-hmm. and then ends it with that like the whammy bar. Yeah, what the heck kind of noises is he making? And the thing is, is that you know this album in general isn't the most upon listening isn't the biggest or heaviest. Um, display of his abilities. You get him. Yeah. You get him here and there, in small pockets. And then there's like a few songs where he actually cuts loose. One in one in particular, a little bit later on. But from what I think of Eddie Van Halen, like he he's he's really just so kind of subdued here. And then you get this, and it's like okay, he's a badass guitar player. And then you just kind of go back to him laying the groundwork and flavoring, and a little guitar here, a little there, a little weep whoop. As I said, noises and little talking noises. It's it's almost like um, Steve Vai would do a lot of this stuff later on. You know, Mm -hmm. he would like do a lot of like, I mean, heck with uh, just with David Lee Roth later on, Yankee Rose. (laughs) He would make his guitar talk. So, yeah, um, exactly. 
really, I, I got to give this a nine. I mean, this is damn near just, uh, it's very short, but it's so iconic. I can't overlook it. So what about you, Joe? Uh, I actually, I went with a 10. I did go with the 10. I, that makes two of us, Joe. Wow. Yeah. See, uh, I almost feel bad now. I, I almost <laughs> feel this bad. Is, this is very much like anesthesia when we did Metallica, though, Brando, because you're right. It's very iconic. It is a forever memorable piece that when you hear it, you'll think of Eddie no matter what. It is legacy. It's something that is musically very, very advanced for the time. You know, he is a trendsetter, a trailblazer, and it was this piece that made so many people want to become guitar heroes themselves mm-hmm. and inspired you're so fucking many. talking me into giving this a 10 <laughs> all right 10 i gave it a 10 show me the light there we go <laughs> all right well we have our first perfect score already uh hey metallica we only had two how many will there be for van halen i don't know but it goes right into the next song guys you really got me cover from the kinks um i don't know about you but when i grew up i thought this was their song Oh no! I well, I I grew up with a lot of oldies shit. I, sure, like stuff yeah. my my dad had played right. So I mean, I the, the the Kinks was the first one I had ever heard, and but as a kid, I was like so confused because you know they don't predominantly say me like it's like a man, you know. And so f- when I was a kid, for the longest time, it sounds stupid, but I was a kid. Uh, I thought they were singing about male. Like you really got mail. Like these guys really like getting mail. You really got mail. Really got mail. You really got mail. Yeah. Thank God for. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for Van Halen clearing it up. Because it was more like, oh, you really got me. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, because I I had heard it on the radio, and does this? I mean, even though this is, even though this is the Kinks, Van Halen tends to do the the same thing that Metallica would do. They take a song and they. They keep it true to its roots, but it's they make it their own. They put their flavor yes. in on it. They put their punch in on it. And this song almost sounds like it could just be a Van Halen song. It, exactly. And that, that's why well, uh, I was really confused. The one thing I really like, which, I mean, you can hear this throughout most of the album, is the punch that, they, that Michael Anthony's bass has. But I predominantly heard it most. I mean, yeah, with Running the Devil, you get the dong, dong, yeah. you know. But this one, you you it has more of a natural just like pop to it, and you can tell he's playing with a pick, which you know a lot of people say is blasphemy for bass players, but it's whatever. Uh, I think it sounds awesome. I really like it, it's not it, it's one it's like a subtle baseline, but it's got that pop to it. I really like the punch that it has to it. I kind of feel like playing with a pick really helps the band out though, because there's only one guitar player. It helps that bass stand out a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they're playing rock and roll. They're playing fast. They're playing exactly. all over the place. It helps. It helps keep that backbone in there. Uh, when Eddie's off in that whatever, like either he's playing a, something like when he's playing a riff, it doesn't really matter. But if he's doing all these weird look like, fills or 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 guitar solos, you need that that pop mm-hmm. in there, like you're saying. And so, to, to me, I've always felt like there's a there's a place for both. And if he's yeah. if he's like I have to be the backbone, guess what? He's gonna play with the pick, you know. Yeah. Well, especially you, that part where it's literally just the, the drums and the bass and then the lyrics. There's yes. no guitar in the mm-hmm. part. And then that just having that there is just a little extra taste. I like that. Exactly. How about you, Nate? 
I think this song has one really unique thing, which is how Eddie kind of uh, really talks through the guitar. You had said it, Brando, yourself earlier, but like he's really saying things, even though it's not words you can hear and understand, it's emotion that you can feel. And it's just like the almost the like sexualization of this guitar during this part where everything kind of else breaks away, you know, and it's like, ah. You know, like you're getting all these yeah. like crazy things happening. And it's really Eddie just like emulating times in the bedroom, I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know, obviously. <laughs> but it's just, it, I feel like that's kind of where he's coming from. Like, if I'm going to add my own flavor to this, what's the song about? You know, it's being hooked by a girl. It's being, you know, attracted to this person that just has me acting a fool and 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 totally stumbling over myself. Um, interestingly enough, though, this song is one of the first songs that made me start to take a step back and look at Van Halen's career as a whole and be like, man, it was kind of built on a throne of lies. Cause like they're mainly successful. And you really think about it, the early era of this band, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as we continue through this rank, their bigger successes came from covers and not from their own music. It was not until Van Hagar that they really started to stand out lyrically on their own as something that can captivate audiences. I lose my voice there. <sighs> um, so you really got me was the first single from the band. It was. It was. Yeah, you're right. Running with the devil was the second, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay. I mean, no, it it really was uh, their cover. And, and you also have, have to think that you know I watched a video uh, a week ago, and it was like a 40 minute long video of songs you didn't know that were covers. And there's more than what you think. A lot of them are oldies. A lot of them, some of them are even done in the 30s. And they brought them back mm-hmm. in like the 70s and 80s and reimagined them a little bit. Uh, and it's crazy. But that was a little bit more common back then. Way, you know. So that's really interesting. And also, uh, apparently, the overall cost for making the album, $40,000. Wow. <laughs> that's cheap for them. Good grief. And so I would say they got their their, their money's worth. Uh, for sure, uh, but you know, like I, I feel like this, this, this cover just slaps. It's, it, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites on this album. Mm-hmm. It's got a good groove. It's short and sweet, good flavor. So, uh, I no, I, I gave this one an eight. What about you, Nate? Um, I'm not too far off from you again. Uh, my opinions of Van Halen vary based on all these things. And the song is good. I think musically they're, they kill it. You know, the only thing I do knock them for is that it was their first single and they really had better songs. They could have debuted and shown people like, this is who we are. You know what I'm saying? That might've been, that might not have been their choice though. And that's what I was just getting ready to say too. That's a lot of the record label probably pushing like, Oh, well this is going to be a way to introduce you to people since the sound is so unique. But I I gave it a 7.25. I do like the song. I do jam it almost every time it comes on. And plus, I mean, the the finger tapping solo in that song that yeah. Eddie does is fucking killer as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's, when it gets ready to go into the sexy bit. So, <laughs> so it, it all ties in there. He's finger tapping into the sexy bit, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what about you, Joe? What's your rank? Well, um, I, I gave it an eight. Um, I, I was actually kind of wanting to go higher initially, but... I, I I'm a big Alex fan, man. Like Alex Van Halen, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll probably I'll probably say this several times over 
God knows how many of these albums we do. I think he's seriously one of the most underrated drummers of all time. Um, but the one thing that really, and I, I don't like, I'm going to be nitpicky. The only thing that really got me about this. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it really got you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that happened. Uh, the only thing that, that I got a little bit nitpicky about is when he does this 16th note ride pattern, the part of the song, it's like the lyric, like, a was it? Uh, give her a call sometime. Give her a call. Like he's going this 16th note, like hi hat and it, like, it just didn't feel like that would fit really well right there. I don't know why that continues to bug me every time I listen to that song, ever since I heard it from like, like the very first time. It just, it doesn't fit for me right. But I, I still give it an eight. It's still a solid song, still a good one. Um, I agree with Nate though. It's like being their debut single. But yeah, that's probably a record label thing. You're right. But yeah, those 16th notes. Like I want to give it a higher rank, but I just can't get past it. So that's me being the nitpicky drummer though. That's just me. So the next track was also a single. It's This one's an original. So it gets points for that, right? The longest song on the album. <laughs> track four, three minutes and 50 seconds. And it is Ain't Talking About Love. It was the fifth single released in October of 78. And um, man, this... I love should the, have been the first single <laughs> kind of yeah yeah i love the guitar riff in the beginning with the little like like wah or whatever he's yeah and it just it punches you and i'm gonna kind of talk about it or i'm it, it kind of starts here but it uh in other songs that are the technically the b-sides from almost here on do you guys get like an Aerosmith vibe from this album? Oh man, you beat me to it. There's a specific song okay. that we'll we'll get back to. But all yes, right, there. all right, all right. Thank you. I have it in my notes, so we'll Thank we'll you. we'll get there. <laughs> it, it's a little bit later, but I, I noticed. Okay, so without talking specifically about the songs and just to kind of blanket statement, I noticed Aerosmith vibes. I noticed some subtle heavy metal vibes, like they were tapping into like a. a an even heavier sense uh, really deep into the album. They yeah. also, again, this is, again, showing how versatile they were this early on. Mm -hmm. They go completely bluesy for a song. And, and of yep. course, you know, not their own, but I digress. Like, it's all over the place. And, uh, yeah, uh, Ain't Talking About Love, man, is is my jam. I love, Like you said, Brando, I love that intro riff. Uh, the whole song slaps. I really think it could have and should have probably been the, the opener for them, their debut song to say like, like you want to get people in. That's the song. It's catchy as hell. It's unforgettable. There are so many parts of that song where again, they're not just playing with a guitar tone or a phaser. Mm -hmm. They're cutting everybody out, but like one voice and one guitar and there's no drums but to accent moments and then there's like the bass comes in in certain uh, yeah the way that layering their instrumentation was done is second to none as far as class and quality and that's why I'm really I'm really a huge fan of this song no i absolutely agree with you this the the way that this song it just moves around and does all that kind of stuff it it really speaks to the like I mean, you know, this album was four years after they've been a band. They've been a band for four years. They've been jamming. They've been playing a lot of covers. I mean, granted, that's how they started. They were a cover band playing, you know, parties and all this other shit. But then, like, I guarantee you, when they're just dicking around at band practice or something, they're doing shit like this and they're just messing around, mm -hmm. and, and it just kind of becomes um, a staple. 
of their character of the character of the band. What'd you think, Joe? Uh, I didn't have much on this one. Uh, it's, it's one of those songs. It's a good one. Like I, uh, like you were saying at the beginning of the, the show, you're talking about, like, I, I was kind of the same way with the, the whole, most of the stuff I listened to was on very best of like volume one, you know, <laughs> and this is just one of those tracks that was on there for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, still a good track, just like all the others, but for me, it wasn't one of the ones that really stood out. Uh, but no, still nonetheless a good track. Um, but I, I also agree that that could have been their first single and been knocked out of the park. Absolutely. So for a rank, I kind of did the same thing. I gave it an eight uh, because I felt like um, as far as like the original songs on here that are technically the singles, um, I feel like this is a stronger single than Running With The Devil. Whereas, you know, Running With The Devil is very simple, very basic. It, it, it's, it, it's a typical rock song, but I feel like uh, there might be some people turned off by that. Uh, just but from hearing it for the first time, but no, this this really gets their flavor in. What about uh, and Joe? Um, what like what did you think about the rank? Because you kind of said it was just there for you, uh, so I'm wondering where that place is for you. See, like I was dancing around uh, between seven point five and eight, and it was it was just like I said, it, it there there were so many more tracks that did much more for me than mm -hmm. this one. Um, but I, I think I'm gonna settle around an eight. I actually okay. had seven five, but I'm, I'm gonna go with eight. All right. What about you, Nate? You said this slaps. It's a it's an eight point seven five for me. Easy. Okay. I mean, I could have given this a nine, uh, only on the fact that I just always go back to this song on this album, and no matter what mood I'm in, I will definitely jam it. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I really dig the song. I'm gonna stick with an eight point seven five. All right, so the next track is the first one that I had never heard before this rank. Really? I had Same. never heard I'm the One, which is track five. Huh. Okay. I never heard it. Um, but, man, the tempo, the mood of the song screamed Van Halen to me. I mean, it just – whether whether or not it's the most uh, – you know – and. Like you said, Nate, maybe some of the lyrics from 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 Dave here aren't like the most poetic thing you that that you're ever going to hear. But the thing is, is that what kind of frontman is Dave compared to what we're going to get later? He you is know? very very theatrical. Yes, very. He's not the guy that's going to be out there like belting out the the best lyrics at the perfect pitch. He's the dude that's going to be out there dancing. He's going to be flipping around. He's going to get your attention. He's there to entertain you. And that is, I that's what I get from a lot of like from a lot of his lyrics and, and a lot of his uh, a lot of his style. He's 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 more of an entertainer than a frontman, and that's fine because there's not a lot of them out there, and it makes him stand out. And like literally, and, and not to say that his voice is bad on this album because it get certain times it, it gives me uh, Steven Tyler vibes, you know. And I and I personally think you know Steven Tyler is a better vocalist, but. He's kind of tapping into a little bit of that flavor here, and um, no, I, I I really dig the song, and and I'm pretty sure is this the one, is the one at near the end where they go and break down into the like, almost like the the shubidua, 
Is, is, is this the one? Yeah, this yeah. has got the... Yes. Um... So it makes me wonder if, like, do they do it again later on in another song? Do other people do this too? Because uh... maybe I have heard it and I just never really understood and pinpointed that it was this song. Because I remember uh, that. Maybe one. Ooh, I can't. I don't know. That one for sure. Well, right. So, like, I'm looking at my notes. I I had to have heard this song at some point because I hum that to myself all the time for no reason. I'll be washing dishes and I'll be like, like, I'm not humming the theme song for Doug from Nickelodeon. Okay. (laughs) Nice. You know, I'm not doing the scat man, you know, so it's like, this had to have embedded in my brain at some point, you know, it, it's weird like that. It's like, it's, there's a, okay. When I was like three years old for like, I must've been a Russian in my past life. Cause I just said babushka for no reason. And apparently that's Russian for grandma or like for grandmother. I think I know what song you're thinking of, but it's not on this album. No, no. I wasn't talking about this album. I was thinking about like okay. some other song later on. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think, and I think I know what song you're talking about. Okay, but also like uh, that Baba Shubidua, it gives me like very David Lee Roth. I'm just a gigolo. Uh, yeah, you know exactly what. It, so, yeah. uh, I wouldn't doubt if it's that. Yeah. Nate, what do you think about "I'm the One"? Have you heard this one before? Uh, until yesterday, no, I had not. I'm driving home and it's on and I'm not gonna lie. I looked down at my phone and I was like, what the fuck just happened? I thought initially there was a moment that I thought that David Lee Roth was a clown getting tasered. Cause he's like, yeah, ah! you know? I was just like, oh my God, I'm a wreck. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Why did this clown just get tasered? This is not good. Ah! You know, or whatever he does. Uh, you guys know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. But, like, yeah, there's just a couple moments, and it's really funny. The scat did bring the score up substantially for me because yeah. I was, like, going into it like, I don't know, you guys. This song's pretty trash. And then that came on, and I was like, man, again, here we are again. And if we're playing the Van Halen drinking game, then the versatile word has happened, and apparently that's going to be when you take a shot because this shows their versatility again. They break away from this like very punchy power metal y style vibe into this like doo ba like they, like they really give it this like blues jam thing. It's really cool. And it really did save the song for me. So when I was playing this song a little bit ago here at the house, because uh, I wanted her to, to hear that because I did it. I did the shoo ba thing and then she did it, never having heard of this song. So that's like, hmm. So I, and she goes, it's, it sounds like noise. <laughs> like, like for the like the in like the verse parts, like da 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 da, and, and like yeah, it kind of is kind of a little discombobulated yeah. a little bit. But this did this song give you um uh hot for teacher vibe? Ah uh, yes, the the double bass pedal shuffle. There, there there's a part where he goes da 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 da. I'm like, I was driving in the car the other day. I'm like, that was not quite hot for teacher. But it was kind of hot for teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another song coming up, and I can't remember exactly which one it is. But it, they, they kind of do that same thing again, where it's not quite a song; it's almost that song. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, I think I gave this one like a 
Oh, 6.75. Maybe a 7. A 7. I'll go 7. I'll go 7. How about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I, I did the, the 6.5. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. No, like, the fact that somewhere in my mind, the damn scat thing has stuck in my brain all these years later, I'm like, eh, that's going to get it up. Nate, how much did the scat improve your score? And hopefully we're talking about the musical style <laughs> <laughs> and not the human waste. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) We have our first fecal reference here on the show. I'm the one gets um, rolled back like Walmart prices from Joe's score. I only gave it a 6.25. Okay. 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 All righty. And then the next song should have been the second single. Because uh, this song is Jamie's crying. Wow, wow! That's another another um, example of him making his guitar talk. But it's like boom, 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 wow, da da da. And I love that where he goes. He just does this little. Oh. Yeah, I made a reference. My bad. I made a reference to that earlier. Earlier, I was talking about the wrong was, song. You know what? Oh. You know what? I didn't call you out on it though, because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I, well, I was like, wait, that's not right. And, hey, it, it's okay because I'm pretty sure other people might have caught it, but it's all right. I'm like, I'm going to let it slide underneath, yeah, see what happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, Jamie's crying. I, it, again with character, where it, it, it's Eddie doing his thing with making his, making love to his guitar. And it's almost like uh, Dave's making love to the damn microphone with the way that he's doing the vocals, you know? And, yeah. then, and then that group vocal though f- for the for the chorus, it's so simple, simple. But how often, if this song, if you're gonna at least listen to it, are you not singing with that? Because easy, it is the most simple. You know, sim- simplicity it equals marketability in music. Word, you know, you can have your dream theaters and your. In your uh, in in your uh, 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 in your Satriani, what's that? I said, sorry, I just perked up when you said the <laughs> yeah, dream theater. Yeah, I'm like you can have your dream theaters, your Satrianis, you know, all this crazy stuff. But man, the stuff that's gonna really market and sell well is the stuff that's simple. And it, you, you got Dave kind of telling a story about this girl with with, with this song, and uh, I do believe this was also a single. Yes, it was. Number three. This is the third single. Um, re- released just 10 days after the second single. So they did Running With The Devil and this song within like the same month. So uh, do you want to know what the what the, the fourth single was? No, wait. That was just a, just Japan. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. That's why it's so weird. All right. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> that was freaking Japanese fans. Anyway. Uh, no, because that song was the B-side for the fourth single, but on the A-side was the last song on the album. Weird. I'm looking at Joe right now because he's like, he, he, he can't compute that. We had a little bit of warm-up before the show, and, and, and we talked about that last last song. <laughs> Jamie's crying. Three and a half minutes long. Pretty good tune. 
Uh, Nate, what do you got for me? Yeah, I dig it. As soon as I read like the track listing, I was like, "Oh yeah, I do know that song." Holy shit! There, I know, I know more on this than I thought I was going to. And then like the song was playing in my head before I even got to the track. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> all in all, it's not their best effort. It's not their worst effort, and um, I rated that as such. All right, uh, Joe. Did you want me to give that rating now or? Uh, if you want, if you want, man, we're man, we're free flowing here. It's all right. Oh, I'll just wait. All right, Joe, do you got anything for this one or no? Well, no, yeah, I already said what I. Had. All right, this well, one I'm mistakenly. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah. those 16th note patterns. So, okay, yeah. so. All right, so you said that on another song. Uh, well, we'll yep. go back to Nate. Mistaking. Give me your rank. Six point seven five. Six point seven five. How about you, Joe? I uh, I'll go seven point five. 7.5. I gave this a 7.5 as well. The next song, another song I had never heard until we started this project, Atomic Punk. Um, the chorus is interesting because it's not really there. Blink and you'll miss it. But the overall feel is very energetic. I feel like this is a live song. I feel like this is a song early on when they would just bust this song out and it just to get the crowd moving. And that's what I've got for this song. What about you, Nate? Uh, I was confused. Uh, <laughs> I was driving and I was just like, wait, did like did I hit something? Did I hit the wrong band all of a sudden? Have I changed the channel? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh no, there's, there's Dave's voice. Okay. 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 We're, we're still here. It's still the band, still Van Halen. Okay, there's there's some okay, and the song's over. And I was like, I didn't really get much substance out of that. Wait, what happened? And I went back this morning and listened to a little bit of it, and I was like, I still don't even know what happened. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I said. I'm not sure about this song. I just don't know. It had a lot of energy. It had yeah, a lot of energy. Definitely. Uh, Joe, you said you kind of dug the song. It, it, it definitely. Oh, I really dug this. It was so good. It, it's so different. Uh, yeah. Uh, f again, what Nate said, you know, there's that line again, versatile. They don't stick to a certain pattern mm -hmm. on this album. I mean, maybe later on we're going to get to a point where they do find a niche and they kind of stick into it. But here it's like uh, they're young and they're just doing all kinds of different stuff. Um. But yeah, like, do you have anything else to add on that? For notes, no. Not a whole lot. All right. I, for me, it was one of those like, well, I mean, like he was talking about listening to it in the car. I loved listening to this one in the car. It's just one of those like, you know, kind of like a driving song. I thought it was just, oh, dude, I, could, I, kind of, I actually listened to it several times. I actually did kind of uh, like a couple of di different of these songs while I was driving. Like, yeah, it, it it did give me that vibe. And see, the thing is, is that I'm not so sure as if whether or not. Um, I'm just ready for something different because it's, you know, as I said, so, so some of these songs I've never actually sat down and listened to, but it was hitting a mood that I was just kind of ready for, if that makes any sense. Uh, I gave this song a, a six and a half, though, because like Nate, uh, I wasn't, I, I didn't dislike it. it it's pretty good. Um, but but I didn't feel like it was the best on the album. But Joe, you liked it, so I, I'm so I'm interested to hear what you ranked it. 
you know, I didn't go, I didn't go for a 10. Like initially, like I was like, ah, oh, yeah, but I, I, I kind of like got myself like, you know, a little less excited. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, no, I, I actually went, I went with an eight All on right. this one. Awesome. I really enjoyed this one. Good. How about you, Nate? Let's tank that score. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I gave this song a five. Five. Again, five. I feel confused. The next song is Feel Your Love Tonight, another one I hadn't heard. However, this song, this song felt like it was pretty close to a single. I don't know about you guys. Like, I felt like it was it was teetering. Yeah, like, not quite there, but I, but I, but but I felt like this was like this sounded more like Van Halen than like maybe the last uh, other two songs that weren't singles. Um, but that's pretty much all I got. I think this is the one. I think "Feel Your Love Tonight" is the one that at some points to me sound like Panama. It's almost okay. there. I, I have to re-listen to it to make sure that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, but it has I can to, tell that I can tell that that it, could be it, it's not quite it, it, it's almost like the 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 build up to like the in the verse to when he's going to say Panama but it's not that <laughs> so yeah dude. it as i said it just reminded me of it not it, it's it's not as uh overt as I'm the one uh but for this one, it kind of got me there. And it has to be this one because the next three songs are definitely not that. But um, I thought it was all right. I, I thought this was a good, um, a really good B-side to, to stick on the back here uh, to kind of fit with the flow of the rest of the album. And that's about what I got to say on it. And uh, I'll pass it on over to Joe. Uh, really not much to say about this one. This is one that – it's another one that didn't really – I didn't really dig it, honestly. I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I was like literally right in the middle. I, uh, yeah, another one, another, another one that really didn't stand out to me much. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Nate. Okay, so uh, first thoughts on this song. Uh, instant, I heard it. Hadn't heard it before listening to it yesterday. First thing in my head is. Oh, this is where the idea for Spinal Tap came from. Like, this song is a Spinal Tap song before Spinal Tap was a band that was a band. Because okay. it's like, you feel your love tonight? Come on. There's like quadruple entendres happening in that song. <laughs> and then the lyrical content, like, it's a, it has to be Spinal Tap before Spinal Tap. And maybe they were, you know, uh, you know, playing with boobies or smoking doobies or something and they got the idea <laughs> to uh they got the idea to uh you know do this movie called Spinal Tap and they kind of were making fun of Van Halen a little bit. But that being said, even though I ranked this song really lowly and and that's maybe just cuz I hated on it when I initially heard it and just thought I was like, "Oh, Spinal Tap." It is one of the songs that is new that I do find myself humming since yesterday and i'm like what is that melody i'm like, oh it's that new van halen track i just heard that's an old van halen track so so i mean there is some validity there and you know what on that merit i am gonna pump it up one whole point right on um all right uh was that everybody did i get to everybody yep all right yep. 
I'm just making sure. I, I don't want. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, with that being said, I kind of gave this. I, I, as I said, I kind of dug it, so I gave it a seven. And uh, but 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 I also didn't feel like it was as good as the uh, as the other songs that are quite single tier. But uh, Nate, what'd you give this one? A five point seven five, and it was initially a four point seven five. All right, <laughs> and Joe. That's a straight up. Uh, what was it? It's a five for me. Five. All right. As I said, I kind of dug it. But the next song, Aerosmith vibes. This is the one. Yeah. Hundred percent. No, 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 no. See, I'm the one. Is the other one. No, 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 this, no. This <laughs> is the one. This is Little Dreamer. This is a different song. Mm-hmm. Let, I'm going to take the lead on this one for take Little it. Dreamer because I was driving and again this is a situation where I heard the music happening and I was like wait did I switch and hit the wrong thing Right. and then I was like Dave oh man that's like a sultry like you settled into your voice here mm-hmm. where did this go why did you not have this mature thing the whole time get rid of that high pitch stuff and fall into this place where you're smooth because man I was about it and I'm like really into the song hit the chorus first thought i was like is this is van smith arrow halen like this <laughs> yeah. is exactly what's happening now so when brandon said that i was like dude you also got those vibes that's so crazy mm-hmm. but i really did dig this track honestly like sleeper hit for me we'll see and, and the reason why i brought it up earlier is because uh this is the this is the song that that really like you it hit me and then when I was listening to other songs later on, I was hearing more of it in other places. Not as overt here, but a little bit of what Dave's doing reminds me so much of, of some early Steven Tyler stuff. You know? For sure. But, uh, no, I really dig this song more than I thought I would. And it was just, again, maybe it was, uh, you know, they had to have been influenced a little bit by Aerosmith by this point. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they were probably, Aerosmith in, what, in 78, were probably like, they were close to teetering off their 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 plateau uh, before they would fade away, you know, for a little while, and and uh, but so like the influence has got to be there. But what do you think, Joe? I I loved it, like from the get go. Uh, what was it Nate was saying about like humming humming along with a song? This is that track for me. Like this was the first time I've ever heard this song. But ever since I've been listening to it, even on the way home. Uh, and just getting out of the car, I, I that constant, and that kept that going in my head the entire time. Um, that this is like literally like one of my favorite tracks on the whole album. It, it's really good, really, really yeah. good. And uh, I'm gonna take the lead on the rank. Oh. I gave it an eight. I gave this sucker an eight because I thought it was really good, and it's a really awesome sleeper on the back part of this album on on the B side not even at the beginning of the B side where you're most likely to listen to that part how many people are going to get right into the middle of here two songs into the B side and hear this you know mm-hmm. uh how about you Joe what did you give this one i you know what man i uh like from the get go uh first time i heard it I, I actually went straight to a 9 but i i had to change it i i went up to a 10 did you awesome that's cool. For me, this this was one of those ones. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna be going back and back to this song. Like I'm I'm after we're done with all this, I'm gonna go through and make literally just a playlist of different songs from each album 
and make my own kind of like best of and you know this one this one's definitely going on there hell yeah dude hell yeah what about you nate really like uh 7.5 is my rank i do love the song i can't in good faith give it a higher score than running with the devil or ain't talking about love like i mean uh just for me, I think this song maybe over time will grow on me and I'll evolve to love it even more. But as it sits right now, I'm calling it a 7-5. Hell yeah. The next song is the other cover that Nate uh, so keenly pointed out. And uh, thank you for that, Nate. The cover uh, it was originally done by John Brim. American uh, Chicago. Early 20s. Yeah. American Chicago blues guitarist. He wrote and recorded the song Ice Cream Man. And if you listen to the lyrics, it definitely is doubly, triply, quadruply entendre all to death. So many yeah. popsicles, banana splits. Uh, you know, what I, I, I like the line. It's like, uh, like, like if you cut, like if you let me this. If you let me come in or something like that, I'll be like you'll be on a constant stop or whatever. Oh, he said if you let me cool you down, you'll be my new favorite stop favorite or something. Favorite, yeah, something like that. It, yeah. it's, it's a really right. funny line, mm-hmm. but no, th- again with that versatility because this song, this is the song that I that really spoke out to me with with Eddie cutting loose on the guitar. Like you heard the interruption, you heard a little bit here and there. But he really cuts loose at the end of the song and, and mm-hmm. really hits a blazing solo. And I have a feeling that, like, if I don't know if they ever played this live. That's something that we're not going to be able to do for this one, Nate, because we don't have that data easily accessible like we had for Metallica. Definitely. Uh, but this is, this is probably going to go on one of my Van Halen best of playlists. Like, Definitely, because it has a different flavor. As I, I love blues music. Oh, I see what you did there. Ice Cream Man has a different flavor. <laughs> <laughs> you really got me with that one. No, oh, stop it. And that's uh, a new drinking game. Now, see, I mean, the ice cream... <laughs> this Ice Cream Man, he ain't talking about no love. He's talking about selling Ooh. some ice cream. <laughs> you guys all just got dirty minds. Anyway, uh, no, I, I love blues <laughs> music. And I don't know about you guys, but like it really just like chills me the hell out when I listen to blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, but I did like it when they kind of Van Halen it up and, but they still kept it bluesy. It was, it, it, it went from traditional kind of like cool bluesy to like George Thorogood a little bit, you know, in, in there. But I really dig this song and uh, really anxious to hear what you guys got to say about it. We'll start with Joe. I, I'm with you. I, I I do dig a lot of blues music. It's super chill. Um, I've heard this song like several times. Have you? And and I've got you know I've got some friends that are obsessed with the song. I was never the hugest fan of it. Um, I thought there's just more hype for it than what it uh, actually deserved. Uh, but that's like that's just me. It's not my cup of tea, if you will. It's not my taste. Still a good song though. It's not just not my just not my favorite. What about you, Nate? I really enjoyed this song being a first-time listen. I thought it was very unique. I knew right away it was a cover, but it was weird because unlike you really got me where I was kind of angry, like, oh, you're trying to dupe people. And, of course, we talked about the whole record label thing. This was more like 
damn, you guys put this cool thing on here. And until this late in the game, 40 years later and change, I'm just now finding this song. Like, mm-hmm. I feel stupid. So I really enjoyed <laughs> this track quite a bit. I do think it is um, it's one of their more original covers, if that makes any sense. No, it's I- definitely in their style, but it's still a cover. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It, it, it's definitely one of the ones uh, that that you're not going to really think about or, or ever go to when you think about Van Halen. And that's honestly that's why <laughs> I like it. That's that, that's the thing that I'm looking forward to the most of this project because the difference with Metallica is I've binged Metallica. I know Metallica. I don't know the hidden gems of of Van Halen. That's one thing that, that both Dick and Nick commented on when they got to listen to the entire thing of Metallica, Nate, you and I got to drag them down the road that we've already gone down, you know? Oh yeah. And, but for them, it, it was them listening to some of those albums and singing thing, you know, thinking to themselves, man, I thought I was going to hate this album and I don't really like it, but there's, but there's a few songs on here that when I think about it again, I'm going to go back to these. And that's what I thought about this one because I gave this one an 8.5. And that Damn. that is my second highest rank on the album. I really dig it. And uh so Joe, you said it's a little bit overhyped. So I I think so. I like I said like I I've heard this like several times. I actually uh, when I was younger initially I thought this was a uh post Van Halen. I thought this was a David Lee Roth thing. I didn't know it was a Van Halen song. Uh, I I just went with the six point five. Mm. It's like I said, what it's not. I don't think it deserves like anything like super low, but nothing like off the charts for me either. Yeah, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think this is uh, going to be competing with like uh, some of the blues legends or uh, yeah. by, by any sorts. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's a really cool, almost kind of a one-off for them because I don't know if they do any more. That'd be a cool little thing to, to to listen to. But I've never heard even a twinkle of any other blues songs from them. So if this is that one little kind of cool nugget of them to play, um, it might you know hopefully that'll make it stand out a little bit more for me even then. So Nate, you got a rank for me? Seven point seven five, my dude. Seven five. Wait, hold on. That's that's seven point seven five, not five seven five. Anyway, last song on the album. This is a single in Japan. Um, <laughs> not not really sure. They, they, yep, they, yep. Nate's leaving. He's he's, he's gone. Uh, this song is called "On Fire," and uh, and according to Joe, I'm pretty sure he liked to set this record on fire after listening to this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when I listened to it, I I heard some of the heaviness that I associate with Van Halen, um, like sound. I I feel like they're still trying to find their sound, like they do a lot of di- lot of different things here, and it, it it almost has a parallel to Pantera again, when their early days before they got signed, they did a lot of different things, really cool and really well, but it wasn't until they got signed that they settled into what was going to be their sound, and I feel like on the first album for Van Halen they haven't quite settled into that yet. And uh, Joe, you said the thing that really turned you off was the chorus when when they were just screaming on fire, on fire. And I told you that it it reminded me of that uh, fallout boy song, but worse. (laughs) 
when they are also on fire. Uh, so that's all I got for it. Uh, we'll start with Nate on this one. Your face is telling me an interesting story, Nate. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you got to say. Hmm. On fire to me. I at first was like, oh, shit, they're trying to get real heavy. Like, like, okay, cool. Like, this is going to be. And then it just was a downhill train wreck. Mm-hmm. To quote former President Donald Trump this morning, who said, I hope the COVID numbers skyrocket downward. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, too, hope this song continues to skyrocket downward. Very nice. Very nice. That's, oh, my God. So dumb. All right. Uh, Joe. What do you got, buddy? Uh, uh, yeah, like seriously, just a flaming, flaming ball of fire. It was uh, crap, and just oh my god! Like I had hope for this song from the beginning. Like the initial start, I'm like, oh my it god! It sounds like, badass it, at the start. It, great, yes, great start. And then, like when it starts to go into the chorus, even leading into it, like the the lead into it sounds kind of weird, but then like screaming on fire. And then before they go back into the verse, they're literally just screaming fire. It's not even on fire. It's just fire. You're like, that's all it is. And it's like what I said, I, it's one of those things like the record labor said, Hey, labor, labor. <laughs> the um, record labor laws. <laughs> they, uh, they, it's like, uh, like I was telling you about the thing with warrant and cherry pie. It, it's almost like they needed one more track to get the album out and say, Hey, just give us something, put it on the track and we'll be done with it. And they wrote this piece of crap in the matter of minutes. And okay, there we go. I, I, good God. I mean, the end of it, when the, the fire on fire part says tapers off and tapers off at the end of the song, I'm like, okay, is this the last one? Is this the last fire? Is the stop setting damn fires? Like, shut up. All right. Like, ready for this. God. Bugged it. Hell out of me. All right. You got a rank for me, Joe? Well, <laughs> initially, uh, my <laughs> initial rank was a, was a 0. 0.1. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, <laughs> however um, no, Eddie's, uh, that initial guitar riff that Eddie has in the song yeah. salvaged a little bit. So I went up to 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> 1.1. 1. I like that. 1.1. 1. 1. Oh man. How about you, Nate? <laughs> Can't believe the way I'm gonna say this is leading in with let me bump that score a whole bunch. It's gonna skyrocket. Downward. Skyward. Three point seven five. Three point seven five. Yeah, you know what's funny? When I first heard it, it didn't bug me. It didn't bug me nearly as much. I just thought, oh, this is a, like a B-side live song. You know, he he's on stage screaming, fire, fire, I'm on fire. <laughs> and then some stagehand runs up and hits him with a bucket of water. <laughs> ice very bucket challenge tap. throwback. <laughs> oh, man, that's very Spinal Tap-esque. It is very Spinal Tap-esque. Uh, no, when I re-listen to it, uh, I kind of get with your vibe, Joe, and as strong of a start as it kind of has, and it has a good riff overall, it's just kind of a mess. Yes. And so, uh, that, 
I, mine is the highest score. <laughs> I gave it like a, a 4.25. Okay. But that's not saying a whole lot. Anyways, guys, that is all. We have ranked all the songs. Uh, do you want to take a guess as to what the highest ranked song on this album is? It's Eruption, dude. It was the yeah, Eruption. 10. Yeah, we like perfect. Yeah. Well, duh. I kind of wasn't counting Eruption. That's the perfect score. The second most highest rated song. Ain't talking the- about love? No. No. Oh. No. The average score for highest was Little Dreamer. I was going to say, damn it. Just- with 8.5. So nice. The lowest weight height. We don't even have to, even have to go there. We kind of got that this figured This guy out. rocketed to the bottom. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that gives Brando with an average score of 7.47. Nate with okay. a score of 6.95 and Joe with a score of 7.14 with a master rank of 7.19 for the very first Van Halen album. And uh, not too bad. That's pretty good. Solid. I feel like this is a solid album, despite there being a couple of fall offs here. It is really solid in, in, in it really showcases what they were good at at the time. And there's even twinges here as a, of where they're going. Like you can hear it. You can hear the greatness that they're going to achieve when they're so young here. And they're just, man, they're just getting their foot in the door. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's it guys. We got them all. We ranked them all. Yeah. yeah. For the first album anyways. Yeah. For the first album, we ranked all the songs first album. But, uh, if you guys have not done so, please go follow us on all those social medias out there, uh, at rank them all. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can also check out rankamall.rocks at the website. You can check us out on podcast services around the globe. And while you're at it, hit up the links down below for our affiliates. Journey to Comics Network. Hit those up. Game Addicts Podcast. Hit those up. And and Joe, and Joe doesn't have any other podcasts, so so I can't plug those. But no, uh, no, but, no but, but 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 if you're ever in the Lafayette area. Go check out McGuire Music, and uh, he plays in a, in a in a local band called City Lights. So if you're ever in the area, go check them out and check out see when they're playing. In fact, City Lights has a Facebook, right? We do. Now go check out City Lights on Facebook and give them a like, and you'll find out when and where they are playing. L I T E S. Yes. By City the way. Lights. Show me those bright lights. <laughs> <laughs> and your city lights. Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of Rank Em All. We are going to be diving right forward into the next album, Van Halen 2. Uh, probably in the next week or so, hopefully. Hopefully we can get to the next episode. But until then, for Joe Grimes, for Nate Phillips, I have been Brando. And we are living our life like there is no tomorrow. See you later, guys. <laughs>